Money FM 89.3. Best of the evening runway. Under the radar. You're listening to Money FM 89.3, and it's now time for Under the Radar with me, Chua Tian providing HR recruitment services to specifically the renewable energy industry. Now, that's what we are going to talk about today. Incorporated in 2021, Sheffield Green is the renewable energy spin-off of Sheffield Energy, which is a recruitment firm specialised in serving the oil and gas sector over the past 30 years. Now, the subsidiary provides end-to-end services ranging from supplying technical and management staff to peripheral services, including training and administrative paperwork. Now, we are talking about Sheffield Green today because it has recently completed its registration to list on the Catalyst Board of the Singapore Exchange. The firm is offering 24 million shares, of which 3.6 million are for public offering, and the counter set to begin trading on the 30th of October at an issue price of 25 Singapore cents apiece. Now, that will mean a valuation of 46.6 million Sing dollars for Sheffield Green if all shares on offer are subscribed. Now, the question is, what are some opportunities that Sheffield Green wants to tap as the oil and gas industry rides on the green wave? Well, for more, I've got with me Brian Key, Chairman and CEO, as well as Executive Director at Sheffield Green. He joins me in studio. Brian, welcome. Thank you. Great to have you on board, Brian. And we've briefly talked about Sheffield Green as this renewable energy spin-off of Sheffield Energy, which is a recruitment firm specialised in serving this uh, ONG industry. Um, I believe this spin-off was mooted when the sector was going through a downturn about eight years back. So let's hear from you. Why was Sheffield Green founded? What is your value proposition then? So during the downturn back in 2015, we were looking at what other industry we can make use of our experience in oil and gas and also the type of skill set that can be transferable during that time. So we we have made a study and we found out that offshore wind is quite related to offshore oil and gas in terms of the type of uh, skill set required in the industry. So during that time, we decided to, there's an, an industry that we decided to venture into so obviously, back in 2015, mm. offshore wind is still pretty new in Asia. So we decided to go into Europe. And during that time, we were working on a few projects out there, mainly mm. in Germany, uh, Netherlands, mm. and also in the UK. So mm. with that experience and the track record, when the offshore wind take off in 2018-19 in Taiwan, we decided to come back to Asia. We'll talk more about Taiwan and also Europe in just a bit. But let's talk about Sheffield Green's business model and revenue streams because I believe it provides end-to-end HR services for renewable energy sector from the recruitment of staff all the way to the paperwork involved. But how would you define the different um, revenue streams and which is the most important one uh, for you uh, financially? Okay, we, we try to differentiate ourselves from uh, uh, the typical recruitment firm out there, which is just doing a matchmaking between the skill set and the client's uh, job description. So for us, we, we do more than that, as what you mentioned, in terms of a, a, a full suite of solution. So we, we tend to call ourselves more of a solution provider than a HR staffing mm. company out there. As besides recruiting the right skill set, 
for the client's needs, we also manage in terms of their full mobilization to the country, including flight arrangement, visa, work permit, and even during the COVID time, mm. we manage all the necessary procedure to bring the person into the country, mm. such as quarantine hotel yeah. and PCR test. Okay. So basically, I would say that, that then after the candidate has been mobilised, we will take care of even the payroll, the insurance and his day-to-day mm. -day needs in the yeah. country. Oh, I can see that that also generates sort of a uh, consistent income for the firm going forward. Uh, but let's talk a little bit more about offshore wind projects, right, uh, Brian? It seems like Sheffield Green is very much focused on providing HR services for offshore wind projects. Uh, is there a preference on the types of uh, renewable energy projects and clients that you undertake, though? Because I, it seems like the margins for offshore wind seems to be higher than for solar and onshore wind. So tell us more about that. Okay, as you know, the renewable sector, they basically, you can be subdivided them into onshore wind, solar, offshore wind, and even battery energy storage system, yeah. and even green hydrogen. Today, if you look at the, the cost to produce onshore wind, electricity through onshore wind and solar, is way cheaper than offshore wind. Mm. But we all know that there's land scarcity in most of the big cities. So that's why you can see most of the countries are going towards the direction of offshore wind as long as they have the coastal line mm. and also the wind resources. So I can say that why we focus on offshore wind is mainly one of it is besides the margin is mm. high and mainly because a lot of the profiles that we have in our database in the past. Mm. They were all in offshore oil and gas. Mm. So a lot of time, the skill set can be transferable and that helps us to have an immediate big database from the beginning. Mm. Database of both the talent pool and the companies are interested in moving to uh, the renewable sector. Um, but take us through, uh, Brian, who are your major customers and any names that perhaps may resonate with our listeners? Okay, uh, we, we covered the whole value chain of the offshore wheat sector. So mainly coming from the developers, the investment companies, down to the EPCI contractors, the TNI contractors, to even the wind turbine manufacturers, and also the subcomponents, mm. and even down to the fabrication yards out there. Right. So we work with both local companies and also international companies today. In Taiwan, I would say that we have worked on almost all the projects, major projects in Taiwan, starting from the first commercial project, which is Formosa 1 Phase 2, mm. up to Formosa 2, and also Thai Power mm. Phase 1, mm. and even Greater Changhua, and also Changfang Si Tao, mm. and uh, Zhongneng Project. Wow. Okay, and let's take us through also, uh, Ryan, your current scale of operations for Sheffield Green. Uh, what is your global footprint like right now? And you mentioned quite a bit about Taiwan. I believe you guys are involved in about 80% of all offshore wind farms across supply chains in Taiwan. So is that your focal market at this point? I would say that that was our focus market from 2018 to 2022. That's why you can see the growth in terms of the revenue and the mm. profit. But from 2023, we started to study other emerging markets out there. So like Poland, US, 
and even uh, Japan. Mm. So, in November, we'll be starting up our Poland office in Gdańsk mm. and we rehire someone to take care of the business development for the Baltic region. Mm. Likewise, in US, we already working on the first offshore wind farm projects, which is South Fox in the New York States. Mm. And uh, our plan is to open up our office in Boston by Q1 next year. Mm. So for Japan, as everybody is aware, is just uh, that the, the pace of development is still pretty slow. Yep. So we already have uh, a business development manager on the ground, a local mm. Japanese, and he comes from years of experience in the oil, offshore oil and gas industry. So basically, in Japan, we foresee the market will start taking off like what we are seeing now in Taiwan maybe from 2025 onwards. Mm. So since we are already there in 2021, we really have been in contact with all the players in the offshore wind in Japan, whether it's a foreign company or a local Japanese companies. Mm. Two parts to this question, if I can just very quickly follow up, right? One, as you mentioned about Japan taking off perhaps in 2025, how big of a market that is? And also looking at the Baltic region, what are the opportunities there? Okay, so if you look at currently in the whole APEC region, excluding China, which is a unique market, so today, Taiwan has only installed 1.5 gigawatt, right? So if you look at Japan and Korea, which are the next upcoming markets, which we restarted looking at it more than a year ago, so the amount of uh, offshore wind farm they have installed is between 100 to 150 megawatt. Mm. And their target is to achieve... 10 gigawatt by mm-hmm. 2030. Yeah. So, which means that they really need to speed up the process mm-hmm. of granting the seabed concession to the developers mm. and to also support the industry. Right. So, a lot of things to do for you guys there as well. And if we look at the wider business environment, right, uh, Brian, in terms of the number of players in this field, uh, what is your positioning in the industry they operate in? Do you consider yourself to be in competition with traditional recruitment firms and the legacy players? I would say that the traditional recruitment firm, they are not in the industry because yeah. it's a very niche market. It's quite similar to oil and gas. Mm. It's pretty niche. So companies or clients of ours, they will only go and work with uh, recruitment firm that have experience and know what they require. Mm. So, obviously, there are a few players out there from the UK as the reason why most of the players in the recruitment sector that focus mm. on renewable are coming from the UK as they are one of the biggest market now mm-hmm. in the world. Yeah. So, however, we differentiate ourselves from them is they tend to focus on middle management to senior management level mm. and more on the white collar. So, so we foresee that there's a shortage of skilled workforce out there. It's not more. It's not on the management side, right? In mm. terms of volume and numbers, it's bigger. So you can easily see that recently GW just made an announcement, a mm. report that from 2024 to 2027, there's a shortage of 660,000 technicians alone. Yeah. So it's a big market. So mm. we tend to focus on, I would say, more on the skilled blue collars type of profile out there, which also require you to manage them. 
And let's talk a little bit more about your fundamentals, financials here, uh, Brian. Uh, how would you assess your financial performance right now? I would say that we are pretty healthy in terms of cash flow-wise as uh, our clients, especially in the offshore wind, they are paying us quite promptly within 30 to 45 days. Mm. So that helps to build a very uh, good cash flow for the companies. Mm. So in terms of profitability, we already achieved a, a, quite a good profit for this FY2023. What mm. we are looking out for is the future growth, which explains why we are looking at markets, for example, like Poland, especially for the Baltic region, Mm. and also the US. Right. If you're just tuning in, we're now in conversation with Brian Key, Chairman, CEO and Executive Director at Sheffield Green. And, uh, well, exciting days for Sheffield Green, uh, Brian, because you guys recently completed registration to list on the Catalyst Board of the SGX and the counter is set to begin trading on 30th of October. Issue price, 25 Singapore cents apiece and is set to raise $6 million for the firm. Now, question is, what were the reasons behind this IPO and what opportunities do you see as uh, oil and gas companies ride the green wave? Okay, so so basically the, the one of the main reasons why we want to get ourselves listed is because it, it can create better branding awareness out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's not so much of raising cash. As you know, we are not raising a lot. Yeah. And we really built a good cash flow over the last one year. So basically, it's more of attracting also talent to join the company as we are going on a very massive expansion plan, right? Mm. So when you expand, you need good talent to join the company. So that is the, the two main reasons are mainly for awareness and also to attract talent to join the industry or the company. Mm. And that being said, uh, is it a push factor that you have to list at this point in time given the market volatilities that we are seeing right now? I would say that there's no right and wrong timing, right? Mm-hmm. So as you can see that the holding company is still retaining almost 73% of mm. the shareholdings in Sheffield yeah. Green, which already telling to investors that we see a good prospect in this industry. Yeah. So, uh, and I can say that obviously it's quite coincident that when we are doing the listing, that the revenues and the profit is very good. Especially for, I mean, compared to the last two years, which is just in the ramping up. And also mainly you can easily see that the Taiwan uh, offshore wind market today is also moving quite fast as compared to the neighbouring countries. So that also helps us to increase the profitability. Mm. I do want to take a look at the road ahead, right, uh, Brian? We're seeing quite a lot of things happening of late, including that uh, conflict between Russia and Ukraine, and more recently, Israel-Gaza. How will that speed up the transition to renewables, and how will that influence Sheffield Green's uh, growth trajectory going forward? I'll say that uh, after the, the war between Russia and Ukraine, you can easily see that the Europe side are badly affected by mm-hmm. this war. Right? because they depend heavily on the gas that is coming in from Russia. So that's why you can see that the target sets by most of the European companies in terms of the number of gigawatts they need to install by 2030 is massive. For example, like UK today, I believe they only install about between 15 to 20 gigawatts mm. and their target is to 
reached 50 gigawatt by 2030. So you can easily see that with this war, obviously it pushed more uh, countries to seriously look at the end to, to speed up the energy transition. Hmm. So in terms of the current war between Israel and Gaza, I can say that it, it, it's not at the moment, it, it, you don't see the effect coming in. Mm, right. And speaking of growth and the trends ahead, um, I want to just very quickly go back to your IPO plans and and etc. Because the firm said 52.5% of IPO proceeds will be used partly to expand the scale of your existing business and geographical coverage. And that includes, as you mentioned, deepening your presence in Taiwan, expanding into Poland and the US as well. Tell us more about that. Okay, as Taiwan, we reach, I would say that we are really a market leader down there. Mm. Uh, that's why you can see we, we are delivering good results from that country alone. Mm. So I would say the funds that we are going to raise from the public, we, we would like to use it for expanding into the upcoming emerging markets, right? Like Poland, which we will be using that office to cover the Baltic region, like mm. Lithuania, Estonia, Latvia, which will gradually take off maybe in the next five years down the road. Mm. And for US, as we can see that they restarted to install the first offshore wind turbines out there, I would say as US is a massive market, so we, we definitely will be an interesting market for us to get in at this timing now. So obviously... Besides this, we are also looking at some uh, mature market like UK and Germany. Mm. But our strategy for those mature market will be slightly different because as it's already a mature market, but then it's a big market that we can't uh, avoid not mm. going in yeah. if we are a serious player in the world. So mm. we will be looking at more of acquisition. Mm. And speaking of acquisition, right? Just now you talked about your expansion being sort of massive or major for the firm. Um, how fast can we expect Sheffield Green to grow inorganically in mature markets? Yes, so so I would say that the mature market, there are already players out there. And for us to set it up on our own, is it will be very difficult. Hmm. And uh, obviously, you, you need good talent to join the company. Through acquisition, you are able to acquire the contracts, the track records and also the talent in the company. So I would say that we are already looking at some potential companies out there for acquisition, but we are also very cautious to select the right fit for the organisation. Hmm. Roughly, if I can just try my luck over here, right, Brian, what is the size of your um, acquisition target? I would say that it, it, it depends. So, so basically, we are looking at, obviously today you can see there are some major players out there, uh, which is, they are almost covering even all the way from Europe to Asia, mm. delivering more than 50 million of revenue, but loss-making. We are not interested in mm. loss-making companies. <laughs> yeah. right? So in a way, we are, we, are, we are looking at companies with good track record and good contracts. So mm. we, are, we, we, we don't look at the real size of the company. Mm. Uh, that is not something that we will consider at the moment. We, we prefer to look at what, whether the company really fit into what we are go, uh, the, the vision of the company. Right, those that align with uh, the yep. direction that Sheffield Green wants to go. And finally, before we let you go, Brian, in the immediate term, right, any immediate plans for the company, maybe rest of this year into the next, what can we expect as far as Singapore is concerned? 
okay, as Singapore is just the head office, yeah. and you can see that we don't have a lot of employees locally on the mm. ground, as we are only some is only some of the senior management are sitting here. So as there's not much renewable mm. uh, energy going on here except solar and battery energy storage, mm. which is an area at this moment we are looking into it to see what we can uh, come in to support both solar and battery energy storage. Mm, all right, exciting days indeed and uh, looking forward to that IPO coming up. Uh, thanks a lot, Brian. That was Brian Key, Chairman, CEO and Executive Director at Sheffield Green. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation and risk tolerance.